You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jasper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 150 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and we are taking a closer look at chapters today. How to create chapters that hook your readers and hopefully give you some good and strong tips in the process here. Absolutely. I mean, these are sort of the building blocks of that pull the reader through the story. And I don't think there's a lot of people who realize maybe the importance of setting them up. I mean, we spend so much time talking about that plot outline and what goes into the intro of your story, but we don't talk a lot about what actually is happening in each individual chapter. So I think this will be a good one. Well, chapters or a book is made up by chapters, so I don't know why chapters would be important at all. <laughs> no, not at all. It's like building a wall without using any bricks. I, it's, yeah, why do you no need problem. that? Yeah. <laughs> or putting them why all. Why do you even need walls? Oh, there's there you go. But let's assume you want a wall, and if you just put your bricks like just dump them in a pile, you're not going to have a very good wall. So you should make sure you put it together constructively. Hmm. Okay. Well. If you say so, then I guess we have to talk a bit about that today. <laughs> yeah, I guess we will. We'll talk about some construction equipment. Now, how are, so how are things for you over there? Uh, it's quite good. There is a school break here this week. So Ooh, actually, nice. I don't have to get up that early in the mornings. That's very, nice. very nice. <laughs> that is always a sweet thing, considering, especially, uh, yeah, since I'd be getting up at 5 a.m. with my husband to see him off to his current training he's going through. Yeah, that's I, I'm envious. <laughs> Five a.m.'s a little early for me. Yeah, the only problem is that now when you don't have to get up that early, mm-hmm. you stay up later. And uh, especially because uh, my wife and I started watching Squid Game on Netflix. Ah. You heard about that? Yes, I've actually I started up watching episode one, and honestly, I didn't get into it. And maybe I was tired, so I just kind of put it aside. How How are you guys uh, liking it? Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's so good. I, I fully understand why it has caught on so big that it has. It's, I think it's so oh, good. Cool. I might have to try it again eventually. But uh, yeah, I'll have to keep that in mind. Maybe I was just off that night. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I think one good thing that can be taken away just, uh, from us, you know, for us as writers and authors is that the writer who wrote Squid Game he actually tried to sell the script for 10 years. Really? 10 years. Wow. And it just, you know, think about how much success it has right now. And it took him 10 years to to sell it. And finally, Netflix said, okay, fine, we'll buy it. And then it's a massive success. Right? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, so, And well, I think that's a good thing to, to keep in mind for us as authors as well when we write our books and so on, that sometimes it just takes a long, long time and then success comes. So And persistence yeah. and yeah. belief in yourself and just keep trying uh, until someone finally says yes. Exactly. Very nice. I like How that. How about you? Oh, it's been good. I, I showed you pictures, but yes, my husband and I and our dog went uh, whitewater kayaking. <laughs> yeah, it was so cute. 
Yeah, uh, he, he. We've done some really crazy adventurous things with this. Um, he's a current terrier, so he's he's a little. He's supposed to be like Toto, but he's a little bit of a. He's a monster version of Toto. He's a little bit like five pounds bigger than Toto would be. But yeah, we went we went went water kayaking as a family, and it was just gorgeous fall weather. And that was right before it switched from being like seventy degree days to now it's like in the fifties, and I've got the wood stove going. But that's nice too. It feels like fall. I can't complain. It's been kind of nice. I've been burning the candle at both ends though, because I, I, this is like my, why we're meeting and doing our recording. This is my afternoon slump time and I'm trying with caffeine to get through it, but I'm horrible. I get up at five and I am dead until about six o'clock and then my mind turns on them and I'm fine. And I find I go through the afternoon and there's this slump and then right around dinner time, I'll wake up and I'll be good to like 10 and I just can't change that rhythm in my body. It's been that way since I was a kid. And so, yeah, <laughs> I try. I'm kicking myself awake right now. <laughs> yeah, but but I think actually I, I don't know, but I have a theory that probably a lot of people have it like that because I, I know exactly what I mean. What you mean? I, I can also be like in the morning, you know, getting up for uh, something. You're like really tired, and it's like oh, it's early, and then you think, or oh, then I'll I'll be thinking to myself then, okay. Tonight, I'm going to go to bed early because I'm so tired <laughs> and I need to catch up on sleep and so on. And yeah. you'll, I'll be tired throughout the day as well mm-hmm. on those days, not right today, but in general, mm-hmm. I mean, if that happens, right? But then once I get to dinner time and afterwards, then I start getting, I start waking <laughs> up and it's just like, then you don't want to go to bed. Yeah. And then the next day, the whole cycle repeats itself. And it's yeah. just like, I don't know, but... Uh, you're not the first one saying it, and I have it the same way. I, I don't know if it's like something, probably not all every everybody, but I, I think a lot of people are like they they wake. My wife the same thing. She wakes up in the evening. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. It's weird, yeah. isn't it? Maybe we are vampires or something. Well, maybe we are. But I'm also really good at, up until about one o'clock in the afternoon, from like six a.m. to one o'clock. I am fine. I am full throttle. But it's like I need an afternoon nap. I need like at one thirty to two. I need like a little bit of a nap, and I'd be fine. And maybe I should just put that in my schedule somewhere, and I would probably yeah. be so much better. But I'm usually pushing idea. myself through it. <laughs> So if it goes quiet on your end, then the listener will know it's because you take a nap. And That's then right. We should just <laughs> we just sit around here and quiet on the podcast, waiting for you to wake up, and then we can continue. <laughs> All right. Well, I won't do that to you. I think we can make it through. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> a week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. I noticed this morning that we just. About to reach 7,000 members in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group, Autumn. That is so... I knew we were getting close. It actually... It seemed like we hit 6,000... Wait, went from 5,000 to 6,000 really, really quick. The 6,000 to 7 has been a little slower, but oh my gosh, that is so many people and so awesome. Do you remember the early days, Autumn? I remember when it was me making the group and then inviting a couple of fantasy authors I knew. And I hadn't even met you yet. Uh, or maybe if I had, I, I, I didn't know you on Facebook yet. I only knew you on Twitter. And yeah, it was just me and a couple of people. So yeah, I, I remember very much so when it was me and some crickets. <laughs> yeah, and it was called Slayed, the fantasy, That's uh, right. the, the Facebook group. That's right. I saw the. I actually still have the original logo, like the artwork I did for it way back when, uh, tucked away in you my terabyte drive. You should post it in drive. the Facebook group. Oh, you're 
right. You're right. That'd be yeah. great. I will have to go and do that too. Especially yeah. if I if I happen to catch it at seven thousand, I'll do a little celebration and like, oh my god, this is this is when it was just me and like three other people, which I think are still members too. Uh, and so that'll be. I will yeah. do that. <laughs> Yeah, that that would be fun, I think, for people yeah. to see what it used to look like. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is also when you have this many members, because <laughs> I had the, there was somebody posting, uh, and there's nothing wrong with this. I'm just mentioning it uh, for the fun of it. Uh, so uh, the, the people involved should not feel bad about it at all. <laughs> but um, uh, there was somebody posting whether or not it was allowed to ask for some better readers in the am writing fantasy facebook group mm -hmm. and then i posted uh, or i replied to say that yeah as long as you don't ask people to sign up to an email list or uh, you know that in 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 other ways you're trying to to get them uh, on your list or earn money from it or anything mm -hmm. like that then it's fine and then somebody else replied to say i, I are you a moderator or have you checked this with the moderators? Because I'm not so sure that's allowed. <laughs> and then I replied, I'm one of the co-owners of the group. <laughs> but this is what happens when you have so many people. Some some people don't even know who you are, right? <laughs> that's true. But I think it says like when you, it says admin next to our name. It does, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they just. It was just. That. It made me laugh this that morning when I was like, she was asking me if I had checked it with the moderator. I <laughs> well, like that. We have I don't very, think I need to. <laughs> our authors know we run very tight ship, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Tighter than we realize. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you haven't joined yet, head on over to Facebook, search for Am Writing Fantasy in the group section, and you will find us. But if you don't like Facebook uh, or you don't use Facebook, uh, I should also point out how you can go to amwritingfantasy.com and sign up for our email list. Uh, through there, you will get information uh, and you will get tips on writing. We share some world building advice and much, much more yeah. uh, that we actually don't share anywhere else. And the best way is to just go to self uh, to amwritingfantasy.com. And then on the homepage, when you arrive, there is actually the free self-publishing success course. So the easiest way to do it is just sign up for that. And then you're going to get a full course for free. And <laughs> once you have gone through all the course material, you'll be automatically added to our email list. So that's the best way to, to do that. Yes, come join us. And on to today's topic. All right, so chapters, Autumn. Yes. Um, what do we say about chapters? <laughs> they are quite important, I guess. If you want to build a house, that's what I that's what I learned so far. Yes, they're very important if you're building a house. You can't build a book. Well, actually, I'm sure there. I would say you can't build a book without chapters. But I'm one of those people that, would, as soon as you tell me you can't do something, I'm like, aha! I must try it. <laughs> so I'm sure you can. I'm sure there is like stream of consciousness writing that James Joyce was probably like never used a chapter and it was just publishers that forced them on him so you probably could write a book it would just be really tough i think it'll be read. a mess oh it'd be such a mess <laughs> <laughs> don't do yeah. it i think the best way to be organized is with chapters and it gives you so many things you can do i mean you can change up your story you can keep readers interested you purposely hook them so they stay up till 3 a.m because we're cruel to them you can change point of view if you're writing in third person point of view so chapters are really important there's a lot going on in them yeah absolutely and 
I think, well, it it very easily starts sounding like science or something. This stuff, right? <laughs> like talking about how to do a, a chapter in the proper way. But but and but I think honestly, for a start, we have to say like this is our way of doing a chapter. It doesn't mean that it's the only way or the only right way at all. Uh, you might have other ways of doing it, or maybe you hear some advice from somewhere else that you think makes more sense. And then that's fine. If it works for you, it works for you. Right. So we can only say that this is the way in our view that it should be done, but underline our view. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And we, I guess to me, we have some social proof that we're not doing things badly. I mean, I have a ton of reviews of people saying I stayed up all night. I finished this book all the way through, or I didn't finish it all the way through, but that's only because it hit 4am and I'm supposed to go to work at six. So I had to wait until the next day when I finally crawled out of bed after calling in six and finished it at 10. So I don't think we're doing anything wrong because I've seen on both of our reviews that, you know, we have made readers stay up to the wee hours of the morning uh, to read our stories. And that's partially comes through by the chapters, because if you mess up on a chapter and you have a hard end to one, if you don't pull the reader forward and they're like, Eh, they, I don't care anymore. I'm going to sleep. That's that's where they take a break. If they get confused, lost, or you just don't have something that makes them want to flip the page. Yeah, true. Absolutely. And when we are talking about chapters, think of it as a mini story on its own. That's so right. by mini story, what I mean by that is that the character should be trying to achieve something just like the dog is trying to achieve something now. (laughs) So that's in its own little mini story there. (laughs) That was a chapter break. (laughs) That was a chapter break. That was a point of view change. It was saying, hey, it's my point of view. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. But no, what I was trying to say is that this means that the character is trying to achieve something and, you know, it shouldn't be so that the character's just sitting around in a coffee shop reading a newspaper <laughs> or talking to some random other character. Uh, and honestly, I have seen books where this sort of <laughs> thing happens. <laughs> and you are wondering a bit like, why do I care about this? Uh, what's going on here, right? A, a chapter should contain some sort of sense of conflict and also some sort of well, uncertainty to some degree, I guess you could say something that makes you wonder what's going to happen next, right? Those yes. should be the recipe for a good chapter. Exactly. It's To me, it's like it's curiosity or mystery. There's something going on where whether it's the character who is, curi- you know, is trying to solve something and draws the reader along or if the reader is picking up clues and they want to see what's happening or even just an action event, they either news that happens off screen or it's just received or, a, you know, it ends at a battle and someone might be wounded and you're like, oh, I have to turn the page. You know, those are part of the chapters. And I think one of the things we're talking about chapters is a building block of a novel, but there's building blocks in chapters. You can have a chapter that's an entire scene and you can have a chapter that's made up of lots of little scenes. Well, maybe not too many. You you don't want to put in maybe 10 (laughs) scenes into a chapter that might be a little intense, but two or three, it can happen. You can have scene breaks within a single chapter. And so those are important parts to remember too. 
if you approach a chapter and you just don't know what to do or you not sure what's in it, think of it as a scene. Scenes are different from chapters, but a lot of people get them confused. Yeah, so maybe put a few more words on that, Autumn. Oh, sure. Well, so a scene is an event that's happening. And usually, you know, it's think of a stage and you have a stage set and your characters walk on, something happens and they walk off. Sometimes with a scene, you change point of view, but you often change rooms, you change other things that are happening within. But the reason they're combined into one chapter is because the chapter has its own goal. And to me, that's the most important thing. And we talk about this, We I know you're going to bring it up, but we have a plot development book and we do talk about chapters in there. <laughs> so that's a very good way. But to me, the first step in deciding what is making your chapter versus your scenes or the scenes that make up a chapter is a chapter has a specific goal. And I always look at it as like, I have a goal for the chapter as an author. There's a part of the plot. It is it is unveiling. So it's part of the inciting incident. It is part of the reaction phase. So that's my goal as an author, but there's also the character's goal. And that's the part that's moving the stories forward. And that's an important thing. You want to make sure the character has a goal when that chapter begins and you know, it's going to wrap up the end of that chapter is and when that is goal is met or it's stopped. Yeah. Let, let me put it into context here because you mentioned our, our plotting guidebook uh, <laughs> here, because in there we actually have, uh, because now you're talking about character goal and so on. So I, mm-hmm. I think just putting a bit of framework around it, the way we describe it in our book is that a chapter has five areas or you you, you used the worst word building block before. Mm-hmm. So if we go with that, five building blocks in a great chapter. So there is character goal, there is a hook, there is conflict and dilemma, there is reaction and decision, and there is the disaster. Yes. So by that, the idea is that you have a character who knows when the chapter starts, what he or she wants to achieve. Mm-hmm. And this character then goes after that in one way or another that the reader will find fascinating or interesting. Mm-hmm. That's the hook part. And then only, it's not that easy to achieve what you want. And uh, especially not when you live life as a fiction character, you live in the worst nightmare <laughs> sometimes. Usually. But, uh, yeah. So it's not that easy and something is standing in the way and that's then causing the conflict. Right. And once you have the conflict, then you have a reaction to what happened. Mm-hmm. And that will lead into a decision on how to proceed that the character makes. And in the end, we will then finish a chapter on a cliffhanger. So... Yes. If you can construct your chapter around those five steps, it will already be very interesting because you are showing the reader that this character, this is what the character is trying to achieve, meaning that then the reader understands, oh, okay, this is what's happening. This is I, I, Now I know what's going on. It's like, uh, it's like when you enter a meeting in your day job and there is no agenda and you have no idea what you're going to talk about. It very quickly becomes very frustrating because like, <laughs> why are we here? What are we trying to do? Uh, right. So putting that in front of the reader so that they understand what the character is trying to achieve, that's a good starting point. And then when you're, you are making life difficult, for the character and introducing the conflict and giving them something to react to, 
then it also humanizes the character because then you feel like, ah, okay, I can relate to that. I see why they're reacting this way or they're getting frustrated or whatever it may be. It's not that a, char- a, chapter, a good chapter has to have like dire consequences or something. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like that. That's not what I'm trying to say, but more that there needs to be something at stake. And something at stake could just mean that I don't want uh, my brother to find this thing out, for example, <laughs> or it doesn't have to be like fight scenes or anything like that at all. Um, but when you have something at stake, you have a reaction to it. And then when you end the chapter on some sort of, some sort of cliffhanger, and again, by cliffhanger can mean a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's like uh, in the middle of a fight or uh, I think James, uh, what, what is he called? James Brown, John Brown, what is he called? Uh, Which one, James Brown? Brown, James Brown. I think he has one where he ends the chapter with the ch- uh, with the character opening a door, and then he stops, like, and you don't get to see what's inside it. That that's a bit. I would almost say a bit lame, but okay. Uh, but it's a cliffhanger. But it doesn't have to be like that. It could just be like a cliffhanger. Could just be like the character is wondering about something, and you don't have the answer for it. And right. then you want or, to read on to figure out what is the answer. It could yeah. be all kinds of things. So don't oh, take yeah. cliffhanger as like meaning that you have to put some dire consequences on the table every in every chapter. Not at all. No, it's more like uh, almost an unanswered question or an unfinished event. I think those are a better way. And I do agree because we often call it the chapter ends in a disaster, but it doesn't have to be a disaster. It is it's more... It's disaster in quotation marks. Yeah, it, that's just maybe a typical way of doing it because often with hurdles, it is sort of a disaster. Someone's wounded and you don't know what happens. But you could be in a lull or it could be a love scene or something and someone walks into the ballroom or whatever adventure at the the tourney or something. The next person walks in, the their love interest or something and you just stop there and the rest of them are going oh gosh you know there he or she is and that's a cliffhanger because you're like well what will they say what will they do you want to turn the page it always should end yeah, on that wanting to turn the page and it could be as simple as just receiving news receiving uh reading finally a letter that they've been holding in their hand and waving the entire chapter they finally look and see what it says and they're like oh oh my gosh this changes everything and of course you want to turn the page to find out what's going to happen next. That's what's important. And what's so nice about that is that because of what you just explained there, you already have the hook for the next chapter. And you also already know what the character wants in the next chapter. So it just adds another mini story to the first mini story. Yes. It's so nice because then again, you can build the next chapter with a clear beginning, a clear middle, a clear end. It just makes sense, right? It does. They build off of each other, which is why it becomes a whole story. They flow into each other with set happenings and events to see what is going to happen next. And I always say, like, as a writer, I always want to write the ending to a chapter so excited that I want to write the first line to the next chapter. (laughs) And so if you're that excited, the reader will be that excited. And I think that's what's important. It's just, it has a flow to it. And going even back to scenes. So if you think about it, as that there are these five or four aspects into a chapter. Well, if you have the hook and then the character is doing something and they're going through the conflict or dilemma, things aren't going well. And for some reason that just 
that character's point of view is done and you do a scene break, the decision and action and disaster or cliffhanger could end up being in a different character's point of view. And that's sort of why you can have multiple scenes that fit into a chapter, but they still fit the chapter because you are still following that hook decision dilemma, the action, emotion, reaction, and then the cliffhanger disaster event that is unfinished that you want to turn the page to see what happens to it. I think the challenge faced by many writers is actually how to make that conflict part varied. Uh, Mm. Because, I mean, you cannot have a 400 page book where every single chapter has a fight in it <laughs> or not, really? not, I mean, it could be either a physical fight, but it could also just be people arguing. Mm-hmm. I, I know when I started out writing at first, I had a tendency to create a lot of arguments in a lot of the chapters because it added conflict. Um, so right. my line of thinking was good, but the thing is that it, it gets a bit tiresome if, if the characters are always arguing with somebody. Um, <laughs> so, I think personally, you know, your first spur of inspiration is mm-hmm. in 99% of the cases going to be probably quite full of cliches, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Uh, and that that's why we prefer at least to do a, a detailed chapter outline compared to a very loose one where, or even to compare to um, writing by the seat of the, your pants, because... Mm-hmm. I think that the problem is often that you you keep beating the same old horse on and on and on. Yes, I think that's very true. And I I think it also comes down to knowing your character really well, because you as an author have, like I mentioned, you have a goal for what's happening in the chapter. And if you're trying to force things on your character, it's going to come across as artificial and it's not as interesting. The stakes don't feel real. Something just feels off to the reader. But if you have a character and you give the character a goal, like you say, okay, this is going to be a hurdle and you know you're going to throw something horrible at the character and you're like, okay, character, you go again, this is, you're going in there, this is your goal and this is what's going to happen. And then let the character figure out, you know, what in their world are they going to do to solve this? Why do they want to solve it? Knowing your character really well, knowing how they'll react will help pull you through and will also help the reader really resonate with the character because it'll you know you want to feel that character trying to problem solve and get out of it on their own instead of being pushed forward along by the author because you need to go to the next scene you can definitely tell when you're reading yeah and and of course the character arc is incredibly important in this whole conversation to definitely uh, to make sure that you build in at certain points throughout the novel in some chapters where you're gradually showing on, of course, unless, unless the characters are on a steady arc where they don't change, but otherwise that you have some chapters throughout the novel where you're gradually showing that the character is beginning to change. And we go through it in great detail in, in our guidebook on, on how to plot a novel. Um, But high level, it's often a good thing to start showing them, showing the reader how, the character actually insists on doing 
the same thing as they've always done because that's how we work as human beings. <laughs> we only f- we only start changing once we figure out that what I'm doing is apparently not working. Um, and only once we realize that, that's where we start changing because otherwise we, we're not going to change. Human beings are lazy people. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we don't want to change. Um, but once we start, you know, we keep banging our heads against into the wall because we keep doing the same thing and it doesn't work. Then at some point we will usually start questioning ourselves like, hmm, I <laughs> yes. wonder if I could do something differently. <laughs> and then that's where you start seeing the change. So that's a good thing to keep in mind when you're writing as well with your chapters to have for a while the character keep doing the same thing and keep facing the same problem. Like, uh, you know, from a character arc perspective, like... Right. Uh, they keep failing basically, and then and then gradually over time they'll start trying to some try to do some other things and get a different result, and thereby you solidify the change in the character. Yes, that is very true and such an important aspect. And of course, when you say doing the same things, you don't mean like you know going and trying to you know, attack the knight that he's obviously not prepared to do. He's not going to do that three times in a row, but you're going to maybe have him pick three different fights or just always be in over his head, always react stubbornly or arrogantly and not ask for help. And then finally, you know, there's going to be that moment where maybe it's usually called the dark night of the soul, that moment where, you know, something happens and someone's wounded or hurt or killed because of their stupid actions. And they finally go, Next time I'm going to ask for help because I don't want that to ever happen again. But again, that's more the entire plot. But it's so true. Each chapter is just pulling the novel forward. And I did, I want to get back to it. You mentioned also speaking of, you know, not repeating. You said about not repeating like the same disaster, the same conflicts. And I also think it's really important uh, not to repeat the exact same hook or the exact same chapter ending. And those can be as simple as like you dialogue is a fantastic, like if two people are in the middle of a conversation, that's a neat chapter opening. And sometimes it's a really neat chapter ending, but you don't want to have every chapter opening being dialogue or every chapter opening being a description or even action. All of those are things you should take notice of and and kind of vary them throughout your novel so that one maybe is a dialogue, but another one's an action, maybe one's a description. Keep things varied and that'll help make your writing a little bit more interesting. It'll help remind you to keep things different with each one and, you know, challenge you. It isn't writing all about challenging yourself to become a better somebody. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) Um. I don't know. Are we missing anything? Uh, I feel like I feel like that's pretty encompassing for for how to create good chapters. I think so too. I mean, I can't think of anything else. The best thing to do is to check out, like I said, the plotting book. We get into so much more detail on character arcs and plotting the whole novel, as well as how to lay out your individual chapters the difference between chapters and scenes and some good examples in there so i think those are really what's important to take a look at if you really want to go in depth because there's a lot more to this and nailing your chapters and knowing how they build your story is going to one help you learn to write better and you know if you're doing well in your chapters those are usually like when i was writing and i had writing goals my goal was not a word count so I got Scrivener and it, it makes you, it allows you to do a word count goal. But I used to always be like, I want to write this many chapters this week. It's a nice solid building block that helps you break down your novel into bites that are really the reader's bites. The reader is going to stop 
and start at chapters. They don't usually stop or start right in the middle of a chapter. Who wants to do that? That's because someone came in and like took the book from your hand or your Kindle ran out of batteries. That's when you stop in the middle of a chapter. Or if you're really bad, if it's really, really bad, baby. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the chapter is only part, it's, it's only one piece of the entire puzzle. So our book is called Plot Development. Um, and it is a very full step-by-step guide. You know, you, you'll get everything in that book. You will learn about the character creation as well. You'll learn about the character arcs how to build the entire novel outline, how it affects the chapters and how to build those chapters and, and so on and so on and so on. So, so you're going to get everything you need in that one book. Um, so we've added a link to that one in the show notes if you are interested. So next Monday, we are talking about the evil within. It's about your characters and how to explore them in greater depth. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash Fantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.